Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. We stream live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays at docwashburnshow.com. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is the 89th episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Now, coming up in just a minute, the Biden administration plans for annual COVID shots for adults and children. That's breaking news coming up in just a few moments. But in the meantime, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. And yes, I'm running for governor of Arkansas for the Republican nomination. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do on this podcast, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. If you'd like to support my candidacy for the Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas, go to electdocwashburn.com. And by the time a lot of people hear this, the donation button will be live. So that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. We've been working on that for quite a while. All right, uh, let's get right to the the breaking news here from the postmillennial.com. Project Veritas exposes Biden administration plans for annual COVID shots. Project Veritas released a bombshell video last night exposing the Biden administration's alleged plans for future COVID policies. Project Veritas's James O'Keefe reports that these include plans for annually required shots of COVID vaccine, mandatory vaccines for children, and a mission to, quote, inoculate as many people as possible, unquote. Christopher Cole, executive officer of Countermeasures Initiative for the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, is on undercover video saying, quote, you'll have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet because they don't want to, like, rile everyone up. The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products. If they, Big Pharma, can get every person required to get an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of money going into their company, unquote. So, it's a payoff. According to James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, Christopher Cole is an executive officer at the FDA with over 20 years' experience who claims to be directly involved in the approval process. The FDA, of course, has released a statement saying, quote, the person purportedly in the video does not work on vaccine matters and does not represent the views of the FDA, unquote. A. Okay. Christopher Cole said, quote, I mean, there's going to be some of it's been talked about publicly, but it hasn't been talked about on CNN or Fox or MSNBC or anything. But, yeah, it'll be you'll have to get an annual. I think what's going to happen is it's going to be a gradual thing. Schools are going to mandate it, unquote. Christopher Cole, the FDA, also defended the shot, saying that, quote, it means your ability to fight wanes. So the three will bolster your system 
and then there will be an annual eventually, just like the flu shot, unquote. He said this would be, quote, for everyone, unquote. James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, said, quote, The FDA was scheduled to meet this week to discuss approval of Pfizer vaccine for children as young as six months old. They were hoping to have the new vaccine available by the end of the month, but the meeting was unexpectedly canceled, citing the need for more testing, unquote. Christopher Cole, FDA, told the undercover Project Veritas reporter, quote, I don't completely agree with their process. They're looking at trying to inoculate kids under five years old, between six months and five years old, unquote. He was asked by the undercover Project Veritas reporter, what do you mean you don't agree with the process? His answer? Well, I mean, they don't have all the tests aren't there. So I agree with the thing that isn't important to inoculate them, but you can't give the parents as much assurity as you'd normally want to. Assurity. Is that a word? Let's look it up. Assurity. Definition. Well, how about that? Oh. It is uh, apparently a Caribbean dialect word, meaning firm promise. Oh. So I guess if you work at the FDA, you can uh, vacation in the Caribbean every year. Assurity. Interesting. So look, um, that's the kind of thing, this deal we're talking about here with the uh, the FDA this is the kind of thing that governors of states will need to push back on. Now, I have to be running for Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas. The current governor of Arkansas loves to bend over backwards to work with the Biden administration. Oh, yes. Republican in name only, Governor Asymptomatic Asa Hutchinson, he loves him some Joe Biden administration. Absolutely. Now, a lot of people have been really excited that former President Trump's former White House press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is running for Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas because she worked for Trump. But, but the current governor endorsed her, and she said, boy, he's been doing a great job. Oh, my goodness. That's insane. He has not been doing a great job. He's been verbally attacking Donald Trump at every opportunity and talking about how wonderful it is to work with Biden. These are things that Sarah Huckabee Sanders doesn't want to address, just so you know, just so you know. Okay, World Economic Forum is saying the COVID-19 pandemic has led to a heightened focus on the power of medical data, specifically so-called vaccine passports, World Economic Forum says these passports by nature serve as a form of digital identity. And the new report from the World Economic Forum calls for a multi-stakeholder approach to advance toward a trusted digital agency for what they call a safer and more inclusive online world. As governor of Arkansas, that's something I'd push back against. Well, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who knows? Who knows? I'm going to go way out on a limb and say that I may be paying better attention to what's going on than she is. Possibly. It's possible that I may be paying better attention to what's going on than she is. Okay, um, there was a death recently 
of a beloved comedian named Bob Saget. He was known from Full House. He was known from the blooper shows. And he was quite the stand-up comedian also. And uh, first we heard was that he had died in his sleep. But now there's more. UK Daily Mail headline, Why Was Bob Saget's Death Ruled an Accident? Head injury was so severe it was like he had been hit with a baseball bat, says doctor, as autopsy report reveals major trauma which could not be caused by a slip and fall. Oh, my goodness. See, because at first people were speculating when it had been reported that he was found dead in his bed that perhaps, you know, it was vaccine-related. Perhaps there were blood clots or whatever. Oh, no, 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 no. Nope. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Let's look into the UK Daily Mail, what they're saying here. Bob Saget's autopsy report has appeared to raise mere uh, appeared to raise more questions that offer that take two. Bob Saget's autopsy report has appeared to raise more questions that offer answers about the cause of the 65-year-old comedian and actor's sudden death on January 9. Saget's family revealed last week that he died of a brain bleed after hitting his head and going to sleep unaware of the severity of his injuries. Though an autopsy report released Thursday painted a grimmer picture about such injuries, noting that he fractured his skull in multiple places and sustained bleeding across both sides of his brain. Health experts are now asking how thoroughly his death was investigated and what caused Saget such a significant blow to the head, which one doctor said appeared consistent with taking a baseball bat to the skull or falling 20 to 30 feet. Oh, my goodness. Saget was found dead in his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton, Orlando, on January 9th. He had just completed a stand-up show and was due to perform other stand-up shows. His cause of death was attributed to him falling backward and striking the back of the head, according to an autopsy report released Thursday by Orange County Medical Examiner Dr. Joshua Stephanie. His death was ruled an accident with no suspected foul play. He was also COVID-19 positive when he died, though it did not play a role in his death, according to the report from the Orange County, Florida Medical Examiner. Neurosurgeon Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who is also CNN's chief medical correspondent, said on an episode of CNN's New Day last Friday, I think what it reveals more than anything else is this was not a simple bump on the head. He said when you read this autopsy report, that may still be the case, but it was a pretty significant blow to the head. Journalist Byron York over Washington Examiner said this is really odd. Makes you wonder about the thoroughness of the original investigation of the scene. Another reporter, Richard Signorelli, says, No wrongdoing found. Something doesn't make sense given his severe head injuries. Bob Saget's autopsy report describes severe skull fractures. Dr. Megan Rainey out there on Twitter says, Hi, in case you missed it, this is not a slip and fall. This is not a minor concussion. This is major head trauma. My condolences to Saget's friends and family. I hope that they get answers as to what really happened. P.S. This doesn't mean it was intentional trauma either, but this is more than just I whacked my head on the kitchen cabinet. 
A graphic depicted by CNN highlights the bones in Saget's head that were cited as being fractured. You know what that means. Fracture means broken. Which includes a stretch of bone from the front of his skull to his front temporal bone in addition to fractures above his eye sockets. Sanjay Gupta on CNN said, that takes a lot of force to do that. If I knew nothing else about what had happened, you'd think this was someone who had fallen down the stairs and had several impacts to the head or been unrestrained in a car accident. Gupta concluded, whatever happened here, we may never know how he fell or what happened, but it was a significant blow that caused that. And likely the bleeding on top of the brain is likely causing pressure on the brain and subsequently, sadly, what led to him becoming unconscious and dying. Dr. Gavin Britz, chair in neurosurgery at Houston Medical, at Houston Methodist Hospital, told the New York Times, this is significant trauma. This is something I find with someone with a baseball bat to the head or who has fallen from 20 or 30 feet. He said, noting that Saget's fractures were not only widespread, but in particularly thick parts of his skull. He added, referring to the areas around the eyes, if you fracture your orbit, you have significant pain. Byron York, Washington Examiner's chief political correspondent, responded to the autopsy report by questioning whether the initial investigation could have gone deeper. Former Assistant U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, Richard Signorelli, weighed in, suggested there may have been foul play involved in Bob Saget's death, despite officials ruling it an accident. He says, no wrongdoing found. Something doesn't make sense given his severe head injuries. This is uh, very concerning. Very concerning. How is it that the medical examiner at... Orange County, Florida says, oh, it's an accident. How does that happen? You got all these uh, medical experts saying, no. No, it looks like he was beat with a baseball bat. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense at all. Um, Dr. Stephanie's report lists COVID-19 as a finding in relation to Saget's respiratory system, but says there was no evidence of acute or chronic inflammation by microscopy. He concludes the star's death was an accident caused by blunt force injuries to the head, noting various abrasions to the scalp and fractures to the base of Saget's skull. How do you... What does he accidentally fall down over and over and over again? The report says, in consideration of the circumstances surrounding the death and after examination of the body, toxicology analysis, microscopic analysis, respiratory pathogen panel testing, bilateral lung cultures, and post-mortem CT, it is my opinion that the death of Robert Saget, a 65-year-old white male found unresponsive in a hotel room, is the result of blunt head trauma. He says it is most probable that the decedent suffered an unwitnessed fall backwards and struck the posterior of his head. The manner of death is an accident. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And I hope they'll uh, eventually get to the truth. Because that's just... uh, That's just alarming. Dr. Pina McCullough. Remember, he was the first doctor... to warn... Against the vaccines a couple of months ago, two or three months ago on the Joe Rogan podcast, which really inflamed a lot of people. He's got something to say here. 
He says, out there on Twitter, Dr. McCullough says, I told Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan, Harvard had no outpatient protocol. He says, look at this comparison. McCullough Protocol, published in December 2020, versus this paper from Harvard out this week, night and day, medical historians will record how the Journal of the American Medical Association and other journals failed the world. And so he shows the uh, the McCullough paper with 57 authors, 135 references, widely used multi-drug protocol published December 2020. And then he shows the Harvard paper out this week, only three authors, only 10 references, no protocol, published February 2022. You know, my uh, my website is live today. Electdocwashburn.com. And one of the things on the website that I want to share with you. One of the things I plan to do when I'm elected governor, and we're praying that I will be, is I will fire the director of the Arkansas Department of Health and the Arkansas Surgeon General and replace them with competent medical professionals who will encourage Arkansas hospitals and doctors to actually treat people who catch COVID-19. And I take you back. I take you back. I know we're a national podcast, but every once in a while, i got to talk about some Arkansas stuff. And a lot of this Arkansas stuff, I think, is a microcosm of what's going on in all 50 states. So I take you back to last summer when Governor Aza Hutchinson did his COVID-19 town hall COVID-19 town hall meeting, Siloam Springs, Arkansas. And people were yelling at the governor. They were furious. Their loved ones were going to the hospital and weren't given any therapeutics. Weren't treated for COVID. Well, go on home. Come back if you're worse. Or, oh, you're in pretty bad shape. We'll admit you. Put you in a bed, put you on a ventilator, watch you die. People were furious. They were yelling at the governor. Because the hospitals won't treat people with COVID. No therapeutics. And Governor Hutchinson said, well, of course they're given therapeutics. And he turned to a hospital administrator standing there with him and said, isn't that right? Hospital administrator said, not presently, sir. And he's just like, what? Like he didn't hear what the guy said, even though the guy's voice was booming louder than Aza's voice. Has Sarah Huckabee Sanders said anything about the fact that hospitals in the state of Arkansas are killing people because they refuse treatment to COVID patients? Hmm? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Now, look, I got to tell you something. For everybody who's excited that, oh, she worked for Trump, so this is going to be great. What is she going to do about the refusal of healthcare establishments, hospitals, most doctors in the state to treat people for the Wu flu, for the China virus. She won't say, will she? But I will. Let me run it by you one more time. This is on my website, electdocwashburn.com. Doc will fire the director of the Arkansas Department of Health 
and the Arkansas Surgeon General and replace them with competent medical professionals who will encourage Arkansas hospitals and doctors to actually treat people who catch COVID-19. Yo, um, for those of you who used to listen to my local radio talk show in Little Rock, Arkansas, I think one thing that you probably figured out was that I don't pull any punches. I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm going to say what needs to be done. And that's one of the things that needs to be done. Anyway, I'm so thankful for our advertisers. The views and opinions of the Doc Washner Show don't necessarily reflect them, but we love them and they love us. So if you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental United States, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be so glad that you did. All right, again, a major theme of the Doc Washburn podcast slash live stream is pushing back against an over-pressing government. a federal government that is trying to control our lives. So are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care actually more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of that, it's a website you need to go to. It's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on that website, big, bold letters, affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays, and then that big, beautiful red button, schedule, call now. You click that button. You book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn, and he'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Also, You'll make sure your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover awful stuff like abortion that would violate your deeply held religious beliefs, unlike some of those Obamacare plans that make you cover all kinds of awful stuff like that. Again, MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays, Schedule call now is the button to push on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. You get a free consultation. Art Wilborn will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. You'll be glad you did. We were talking about abortion yesterday. I mean, talking about abortion just uh, a few moments ago. 
So yesterday, the Arkansas State Legislature voted against Senator Jason Rapert's heartbeat bill, a bill that is just like the Texas bill that basically shut down abortion in Texas. You can't do abortion after a heartbeat is detected, so after six weeks. So why did enough Republicans vote against this bill to keep from passing yesterday? Well, it's some kind of deal where they're waiting on the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade in June anyway, and they think this bill might gum up the works legally, apparently, in in the courts. Because the parole boards, of course, would sue to try to get a restraining order Keep from going into effect. So let's look at the long-term picture and hope and pray that the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade at the end of the term in June. Now, here's why I disagree with that. The way I look at it is, well... What if you can pass this bill and get it dealt with before June and maybe save a few babies? Now, maybe I'm being unrealistic here because I'm told that it would be, it would go in front of a, a very liberal pro-abortion judge named Christine Baker in Little Rock, this federal judge, and she would put a hold on it immediately, of course. And it's unlikely that anything would get resolved before June. So, I don't know. But here's what I do know. I don't want to make any predictions, but I will not be surprised if Roe v. Wade is overturned at the end of this Supreme Court session in June, and I'll tell you why. Okay, look, I realize as much as anyone that all three of President Trump's nominees to the U.S. Supreme Court have disappointed us, have let us down to one degree or another, some more than others. But I recall the confirmation process of each one. Okay? And one of the things I recall, whether it was for Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, or Amy Coney Barrett, one of the things I recall is that liberals, liberal political types, liberal legal types who are watching the confirmation process closely were concerned about the paper trail of each one of these three judges, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, when it comes to Roe v. Wade. Each one of them had either been a dissenting opinion on a lower federal court, pointing out how awful Roe v. Wade was, or had written a law review article about how awful Roe v. Wade was, 
or both. So each one of them, Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, and Brett Kavanaugh, have a track record. See, one of the things that, that, that gave liberals fits when Clarence Thomas was being uh, confirmed all those years ago was that he had never said anything about abortion or Roe v. Wade publicly. And it made him crazy. And Republican presidents have a habit of sometimes, um, well, he wound up on the good side. He's pro-life. But Republican presidents have a habit of sometimes not really vetting Supreme Court nominees to see where they stand on that. George H.W. Bush also put Souter on the court, and he was terrible. But anyway, one of the things that really concerned liberals was Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, and Neil Gorsuch all were on the record as saying that Roe v. Wade was a bad decision from a legal standpoint. And it, and it certainly was. So that's why I'm saying I will not be surprised if come June the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade 5-4. to four. So just something to, something to keep a lookout on. Something to keep a lookout on. Now, this is interesting. Politico has an article out, dropped last night, says GOP culture war attacks, alarmingly potent DCCC warns. That would be the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. Interesting. It says... Democrats' own research shows that some battleground voters think the party is preachy, judgmental, and focused on culture wars, according to documents obtained by Politico. And the Democrat Party's House campaign arm had a stark warning for Democrats. Unless they more forcefully confront the GOP's alarmingly potent culture war attacks from critical race theory to defunding the police, they risk losing significant ground to Republicans in the midterms. I, I think inflation might hurt them too. Just, just so you know, just so you know, I thought I'd throw that in. Thought I'd digress for a minute, but I think inflation there at the uh, gas pump and the grocery store also may hurt Democrats in Congress. Just, just a crazy wild thought out there. The Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee is recommending a new strategy to endangered members and their teams, hoping to blunt the kinds of GOP attacks that nearly erased their majority last election and remain a huge risk ahead of November. In presentations over the past two weeks, party officials and operatives used polling and focus groups and focus group findings to argue Democrats can't simply ignore the attacks, particularly when they're playing at a disadvantage. A generic ballot of swing districts from late January showed Democrats trailing Republicans by four points, according to the polling. Now, what I found interesting about this, was the response from Russ Vaught. You might know that name, V as in Victor, O-U-G-H-T president of the Center for Renewing America, former Office of Management and Budget Director for President Trump, and a Christian. He said maybe the GOP should not have run away from culture issues for decades. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. Why do you think they did? By the way, um, the U.S. Senate has confirmed radical abortion activist Robert Califf 
to be commissioner of the FDA. The vote was 50 to 46 with multiple Republicans like Murkowski, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, etc., voting for confirmation. Mitt Romney. Now, wasn't he the guy who said that that he'd flipped from being pro-choice to pro-life? Maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. Just a thought. Just a thought. I got to... I got to say something about Quintez Brown. Yeah, we got to... No, you probably haven't heard of him. You probably haven't heard of him. But he was... uh, he was a guest on Joy Reid's show on MSNBC. Quintez Brown, Black Lives Matter activist in Louisville, Kentucky, charged with attempted murder of mayoral candidate, has troubled past. The Black Lives Matter activist who was charged in Monday's targeted shooting of Louisville, Kentucky, mayoral candidate Craig Greenberg was previously the subject of a missing person investigation that called into question his mental health. 21-year-old Quintez Brown, charged with attempted murder and four counts of wanted endangerment, after he entered Greenberg's campaign headquarters in Butchertown, Kentucky, and fired multiple shots using a 9mm Glock handgun, police said. Nobody was hurt, but Greenberg's shirt was grazed by a bullet. Oh, my. He has much to be thankful for. Oh, by the way, Greenberg is a white Jewish Democrat. And police have not provided details about the possible motive for the shooting, but said they're looking at all angles. Huh. Now, why would a Black Lives Matter activist, a radical out there, want to shoot and kill a white Jewish Democrat running for mayor. Hmm. That's uh, just scratching my head. Golly, I just can't imagine. In July 2020, as a student at the University of Louisville, Quintez Brown was honored by the Obama Foundation's MBK MBK Rising Initiative and was one of only a handful of students in the country to attend the inaugural National Gathering of the Obama Foundation's My Brother's Keeper Alliance. Quintez Brown said in a statement still featured on the Foundation's website, quote, I better my community for the boys that look just like me by changing the narrative around violence, masculinity, and professionalism, unquote. So why'd you try to shoot this white Jewish Democrat running for mayor? Allegedly. She always got to say that. Because you never know. You never know who's listening. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you just never know. Well, no, see, here's the thing. Um, everybody is assumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. That's all. That's all. It always, you know, I always find it remarkable and regardless of any kind of political shading, but I always find it remarkable when I hear a news report or see a news report on television. I don't think it's much on television. It's more radio, I think. Or somebody has been arrested for murder, attempted murder, whatever. And um, 
the newscaster will say so-and-so shot so-and-so without the allegedly in there. I'm like, oh, man, come on now. What happens if he's found not guilty? Then he can sue you. You know? You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. If you don't say allegedly, and uh, he's found not guilty, you're in a world of hurt. Let's see, Dementia Joe Biden, usurper Biden. I will never call him president because they stole the election. Usurper Biden saying yesterday, climate change is a code red for our nation, and we have no time to waste. That's why today my administration is announcing new actions that will reduce emissions across the industrial sector and create good-paying union jobs. My friend Robert Spencer of Jihad Watch says, destroying an industry for a fiction. Right you are, Robert Spencer. Also, the great Ross Schumann out there on Twitter says, translation, the market was already reducing emissions faster than any other nation in the world. So, Biden says, I need to use this issue as a means to give a ton of taxpayer money to those who donated to my campaign now. Hey! Hey! Okay. I see what you mean. I see where he's going with this. Okay, once again, I gotta I gotta say something here. We are so blessed to have advertisers who support the Doc Washburn Show. Let me say a word for my friend Justin Minton. M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton. Justin is a former insurance adjuster, left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations, and he sure helped me out when I was in two automobile accidents in 2019. And a third one in late 2021. Justin's been a big help to me. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them, no matter what the injury. Justin meant to make sure the mental law firm always works hard for you. So, whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or loved ones suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton & Benton, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. Now, that having been said, I want to share with you the best-kept secret in American healthcare, And I'm so thankful I have this national platform to do this, something I prayed about on and off for years to try to get the word out. All right, let me ask you something. Do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain? Do you have back pain? Do you have vertigo? Do you have blood sugar issues? Okay, now look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you naturally lean to one side or the other? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines and my neck pain. Hay fever, for that matter. I was shocked when the hay fever went away. Let me tell you how it works. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, 
or C1, which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. And if it does get out of alignment, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, yes, even your digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, blood sugar issues, vertigo. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. Now, if you're outside central Arkansas and you're saying, this sounds like something I want to look into, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab that says, find a doctor near you. And hopefully there will be one near you. All right. That having been said, I love it. I love it when we get to this part of the show. Tell them all about it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to online, have it delivered to your front door, anywhere in the continental U.S., wherever you live, wherever you live. RedRiverYourWay.com presents you today's Tweet of the Day. A friend of mine said this might be the Tweet of the Year. And, uh, <clears throat> This is from a lady whose Twitter profile, her Twitter handle is Kofefi2. Twitter profile is don't do crack even if it's free. And here's what she says. Breaking, the Cincinnati Bengals found three mail-in touchdowns overnight and are now the Super Bowl champions. <laughs> oh, man. So, applying a voting metaphor to NFL football. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Now, here's the funny thing. First response was a guy who said, I take it the Rams won the Super Bowl. I made it all the way until 1 p.m. today. That was Monday. Before finding out from this tweet, LOL. And she responded, I had to Google it in order to make the tweet. I had no idea who won. See, because some of us who said we're going to stop watching the NFL Actually, stop watching the NFL. Anyway, today's Tweet of the Day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. Law professor Jonathan Turley says the use of of the emergency powers against the truckers in Canada has magnified the concerns over how the protest is being treated. Acts of civil disobedience are common in protests. It does not make these protesters terrorists or insurrectionists. Martin Luther King and civil rights marchers were regularly arrested for acts of civil disobedience, including marches, blocking streets or bridges. That didn't make them terrorists. The rhetoric and the means used by the Trudeau government is increasing these tensions. Under his definition, even civil rights leaders blocking bridges could have been subject to these measures, including the freezing of donations. Under Trudeau's policy, the government could freeze the assets and treat Black Lives Matter protesters as threatening democracy for blocking roads or occupying areas. The concern is not just the necessity for such heavy-handed measures, but the consistency in how these powers are used. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, because they would never, never 
Try to stop Black Lives Matter or Antifa. Huh. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. So I'm glad that people are pointing these things out. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that people are pointing these things out. Let me point out one more thing to you. Over at John Solomon's website, justinnews.com, latest Durham revelations put Biden's national security advisory in uneasy light. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Special counsel John Durham's investigation isn't just imposing accountability for Hillary Clinton's 2016 political trick to dirty up Donald Trump with the FBI. It's also encroaching on the credibility of Dementia Joe's current chief foreign policy advisor and point man for the current Russia-Ukraine crisis. Oh, the wag the dog? Yeah. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was a senior advisor to Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign and by his own admission spread the word to reporters back then that Democrats believed Trump was colluding with Vladimir Putin to hijack the election and had a secret computer channel to the Kremlin. Neither proved true. They didn't only not prove true, but that was Clinton campaign attempt to frame Trump. Justinnews.com, John Solomon article here says, but long before that Russian collusion narrative crumbled like a stale Starbucks muffin, Jake Sullivan gave sworn testimony to the House Intelligence Committee disputing that anything the Clinton campaign spread around Washington was misinformation. Sullivan was asked in December 2017, are you aware of any collusion, coordination, or conspiracy by yourself or by any other members of the campaign that you were working with to procure fake Russian information to harm Donald Trump? Sullivan responded without ambiguity. He said, I mean, you'll forgive me if I want to say more than just an emphatic no to that answer because I find that totally absurd. But John Durham's court filings in two cases last fall, one against Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman and the other against the primary source for the discredited Christopher Steele dossier, call into question that assertion. Both defendants are charged with lying to the FBI now, Sullivan is not accused of wrongdoing, but court filings in those cases state that Sullivan, identified in the Sussman indictment only as Clinton foreign policy advisor, engaged in email traffic with other Clinton campaign officials and lawyers about a story leaked to the news media suggesting Trump had a secret communication system with Russia via a computer server at the Moscow-based Alpha Bank. The Sussman indictment stated, quote, on or about September 15, 2016, Campaign Lawyer 1 exchanged emails with the Clinton campaign's campaign manager, communications director, and foreign policy advisor concerning the Russian Bank 1 allegations that Sussman had recently shared with Reporter 1. Campaign Lawyer 1 billed his time for this correspondence to the Clinton campaign with a billing entry email correspondence with name of foreign policy advisor, name of campaign manager, name of communications director, regarding Russia Bank One article. That relevations that pardon me, that relevation places Sullivan squarely in the loop of conversations designed to spread a story that the FBI, former former Russia special counsel Robert Mueller, and Durham's team all have deemed to be false. A month after those email conversations with the Trump Clinton presidential race coming down to the wire the story con containing the Alpha Bank allegations surfaced in the mainstream news media late October 2016 and was Jake Sullivan who jumped into action issuing a statement adding legitimacy to the article's claim. He said in the statement, this could be the most direct link yet between Donald Trump and Moscow. Computer scientists have uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based ba bank. His statement also gave his boss, Hillary Clinton, the opportunity to retweet it. And it was all a lie, all an attempt to frame him, just so you know. And this is now Biden's national security advisor. Unreal. You've been listening to the 89th episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those 
of our advertisers. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck, and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is. Wednesday, February 16th, 2022.